mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I do appreciate it very much. Aaron, you are first this hour. What's going on, Aaron? I uh, just uh, had some comments on your headlight. Yes, please. Bulbs, and uh, I, I don't uh, have any personal experience with the LED retrofit bulbs, but knowing what I know about lighting, I don't see how you're going to get a good beam pattern out of a bulb inside of a housing that's made for a halogen bulb. I got a text message from somebody that said they'd kind of gone through the same thing I did and found the PIA LEDs to actually work really well because they're doing what you're talking about, Aaron, and, I, and I'm looking it up, and I did. The PIAs do do some things with the the pattern, I guess you could say, of the bulb itself. You can look at the LED in it, and they're actually doing some things that, by the way, nobody else is doing. Yeah, to your point. Well, that's Pia, so that would that would make sense. Yep. No, and, and I uh, and again, Pia being a very high quality, you know, manufacturer on the aftermarket end of things, that doesn't surprise me that they finally maybe figured this out versus all of sure. the other folks that are out there. And, and I may try a set of these after this tip came in from uh, from one of our listeners because this actually they call them they call them their platinum LED bulbs, and they they make them in all the different series of bulbs. And when you look at them, you'll know what I mean by looking at them. It looks like they've accommodated for what you're talking about, Aaron. Yep. Well, and I, I can tell you what I've done that has worked pretty decently for me. Let's hear it. Um, I, I got a first-gen Dodge with the square yep. 5054 yep. headlight bulbs mm-hmm. and tried the different high-intensity halogen bulbs. And, you know, some of them are a little brighter than others, but still you don't you don't get a good cutoff and it's just you get light or, you, mm-hmm. or a lo- little bit of light or just slightly more light everywhere. I finally come across Hella makes yep. uh, your Eurospec yep. replacement bulb. They are the best. Takes, that takes the uh, H3, I think it's the H3 bulb. That you can, it's, a house, it's a glass yep. housing that yep. takes the bulb. And those are as good as yes. any other factory. Yeah, new, I, when I, you know, back when that bulb. was the type of lens or type of headlight that was in most vehicles, uh, yeah, it used to be you'd either run Hellas or the, what was it, CBIEs, I think was the other brand back in the day. You'd run one of the two of those with replacement bulbs, and man, you had a headlight then. Yep. Yep. So that, that truck has has good lights now. Nice, nice good cutoff. Yeah, real quick, the other thing I used to do on those, Aaron, just as a side note here for you, if you put a relay in the headlight system itself, done. because you have to, you can put the higher watt bulbs too. Yep. Are already done. Perfect. That's the way to do it. I did. I did that. I did that years ago, so the headlight switch didn't melt. That's the way to do it. You do that, and man, you're golden. They work great. Yep. So yeah, it's 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 good. Yeah, I, you know, and better. that's the downside to these composite headlamps with just the back changeable bulb. But you can't do what you just said. Yep. Uh, I did on my 2006 Ford. 
What'd you do on it? I, I, I walk fa- factory or aftermarket housings and just the standard bulbs. Yeah. I wired okay. relays in on it. Okay, perfect. And uh, re- the reason being that truck is mi- mid-range build uh, trim level. And so it has the automatic, you can, the yep. headlight switch, you can switch to automatic. Right. Well, ha- half the time in auto mode, the headlights wouldn't actually turn oh, on. Yeah. Yep. And looking at the schematic, the body control module actually yep. provides the power to That's the right. head- headlight. That's right. <laughs> which, I, I mean, I have no idea why they would do that other than cost savings. Um, well, and, and because and, you've got the automatic high beams is why. Yeah. Uh, not on that truck. It's a 2006. It's, oh, oh it sorry. I thought you were talking about the other truck. Oh yeah, no. yeah, yeah, no. Even on even on my my old Ram, why is that going through the body control module? I have no idea. Other than to give you right. a little warning so, on the dash, that's the only reason. Yeah, and and dumb because the the, head, the headlights are powered through the headlight switch itself if right. you turn it on manually. Yeah. So, anyways, I put those on relays and and now it. Uh, I don't use the auto mode that much because I just will turn them on. But right. mo- most of the time, most of the time it'll. It'll actually power on now. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do for everybody listening, Aaron, you include. I'll order a set of those PS, put them in my old Dodge, and tell you guys how those work out just to give you a testimonial as well. Yeah. Okay. And, and one more one more thing. A friend of mine has a second-gen Dodge 2002, and uh, headlights on those trucks sucked. Yes. He's got uh, new, just new aftermarket uh, housings, and then he got HID projector bulbs. Huh. Uh, with with the high beam, which is just a, a flapper, basically in, right. in front of the bulb, and I mean, did did a lot of work to retrofit the HID projector into the back of the new housing. I can imagine. And yeah. and but that thing, I mean, that that that's some good lights there. Nice, nice. Okay, great, that, great tips, Aaron. That's, thanks, that's I appreciate a, that. That's a good amount of work there. Yeah, no, great stuff. I appreciate that very much. Thanks for that. And we got a couple others on headlights as well. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that and, and good stuff, Aaron. Richard and Parker, you're next. Hey, I uh, have a second gen Dodge 2000. Okay. I did aftermarket housing, so I got a high and a low, and that works great. Didn't want to go the more expensive route, but then I've done a Honda Civic and a Honda Accord an 02 and an 11, and did the aftermarket HID metal housings. And uh, with the HID bulb, lights up the world. You can see the deer. Nice. Nice. Any particular brand you prefer on that, Richard? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, I forget which um, uh, which ones. There's a major company that's in the south that sells them. Okay. Uh, it and uh, it, they're just all metal with a glass lens, and uh, uh, I just forget the brand name, but they are, uh, you know, it's the old thing. Quality is long remembered after prices. That's right. That's right. So you 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 have to have a metal housing, a glass lens, put a nice shroud on it, and uh, and a good bulb. Yep. You know yep. and. Uh, uh, I, I think that's retrofit assemblies or, you know, like there's a big company on the web that uh, most of the guys that build those. And the only thing, suggestion I can have is that I went for brand new stock headlights and then had a company 
retrofit the uh, projector bulb in there, so it was lined up just right, mm. sealed, mm. and uh, just did not had a problem. And nice. it was six to eight hundred bucks for a set of headlights, but haven't had a lick of problems. Well, you know what? There's something to be said for what you said a moment ago as well. And if that's what works, and you get the right light out of it, and you can drive, still cheaper than a seventy thousand dollar new truck. Yep. That's right. You know, and uh, especially living in Parker, there's a lot of deer, and you got to be able to light up those high beams. Yes, you do. So you can see. Yes, you do. No, I agree. I, I I can't stand not having good headlamps. It drives me nuts. So, good stuff. My wife had an accurate MDX, and I had headlight envy. So it's like, how can I yeah. improve my headlight to look like to work like hers? And they did. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, that's great. And everybody else listening has the same info. Richard, thanks. And if you think of the name of the company, text it, and I'll I'll run that out to everybody as well. Right. Will do. Thanks, Richard. I appreciate that. Text line, by the way, 307-200-8222. We got talking about headlamps because of my own personal issues going on in this world. So if you've got some other tidbits of advice you'd want to share with us, feel free to do so. I know, Bob, you were on the phone. If you want to call back, we'll take your call as well. 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes... And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to findashop.com.
All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it very much. Lines are lit. As soon as somebody drops, give us a call. We'll get you right on air. Bob and Lakewood, you're next. Hello, Bob. Hi. Oh, sorry, guys, I nope. didn't hear you. Sorry, you're there. No, you're fine. Go right ahead. <laughs> okay, so um, a couple things. Um, my neighbor put in uh, LEDs in his truck and it kept throwing the code on the dash. Yep. It's because they use such a, you know, a smaller amount of That's electricity. Right. He ended up getting Luminex and so far he hasn't had any problems. I bought Luminex for backup lights on my 09 Silverado okay. and they're the best backup lights I've ever had in my life. It doesn't hmm. throw any codes, so I don't know how it's going to be for the headlights. He seems to think they're okay. Okay. But uh but, oh, good uh, to know. Luminex, I know. Yeah. And then another thing, you was talking earlier about John Deere. Yes. And, yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you something. I found out just yesterday, I had a tree company out here doing some work, and the guy seen a chainsaw that I got, which is an old steel. And he says, oh, man, you need to hold on to that. Don't buy a new one. And I said, well, why is that? And he says, because all the new ones are computerized. Mm. And you, yeah. can't, you can't tune them yourself. You have to take them into a steel dealer for them to put them on some kind of a screen to tune them. You can't adjust the carburetor. About the only thing you can do is put gas in it and a plug. Uh, yeah, so the new steels, the they're, they're fuel-injected, electronic fuel injection. Yeah, there's nothing that you can do to them. So I guess the price of the old steels for a commercial one was somewhere around eight $900, and now they're selling for twelve thirteen hundred dollars $1,300. Yeah, because guys don't want that new computerized stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and by the way, you know who you can really thank for all of this? Um, who? Uh, your U.S. federal government, because this really doesn't have anything to do with the manufacturers. Trust me, they don't want to go this direction. They're doing this because of the emission laws that are now being passed down, even to the you know small equipment that's out there. Whether we're talking you know off-road, you know vehicles, you know uh, skid steers, things like that, all the way down to what we use as far as our you know hand tools, quote unquote. Bob, this is all coming from quote unquote the EPA. You can thank them. Yep. Right, right, and then you know, well, and now I, have, I don't know if you priced the uh, uh, converter or uh, yep. for your truck or yeah, it's like those things are up like twice the price, and that's because Polis has us with the same EPA yes. standards as yes. California. That is correct. You know, so we so we so we can thank uh, Governor Polis yes. for that. You are correct. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. You're right. Love your no, show, Bob. Thanks. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man, very much. And uh, yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not those manufacturers, trust me, that want to go that direction. They want to sell product, and they want to sell reliable product, by the way. And some of these companies will even fight what has to happen to even make all this stuff work. And they don't like it any better than anybody else, but it's what they're forced to do uh, by, by government. So there you go. Eric in Denver, you're up. Hey, guys. Hey, on the LED headlights, so caller a couple of minutes ago was saying about a company in the South. There's a company called the Retrofit Source. Retrofit Source? Yes. Okay. And they make a lot of aftermarket headlight assemblies. And there's another company called Morimoto that they make a lot of them also. And uh, Retrofit Source sells a lot of Morimoto's stuff. And as the saying goes, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, it might cost you a small child um, to for some of these housing assemblies. But like you say, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, True. Uh, they are... The, the ones that they now have for 
supposedly there is one for, I think it's one of the F-Series. It's a little over $2,000 for the new LED-ready assembly. Wow. It's a plug-and-play. Wow. Um, they're making one now for Nissan. It's, supposed to, you know, it's about six months late because of COVID coming out. But for the Nissan Frontier, they have one coming out. That the anticipated price is 1100 and that's solely based on the one they make for the Tacoma, which is like 1200 Wow. Wow. And that does not include a core, and there's no core charge on these because they don't want your old ones. They're yeah. doing all new. Hmm. No, that's that's great. That's great <laughs> advice. So the retrofit source. But here's, but, here, but here's something that everybody needs to understand if you want to convert to LEDs. I hope you plan on staying home in the wintertime. Yeah, because they frost over. That's right. They, they don't heat up enough. over completely. And that, that's right. true and even on new cars, Eric. That's not just with these retrofits. That's just on new cars well, in general. But most of the new cars have a built-in heating element to them. Mm. A lot of the new cars do. Um, no, they don't. Not all. Uh, not all, but some do. Um, this is one of the things on the I'm guessing the probably some eight. of the higher-end ones do, but I'm guessing most of the lower-end cars don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because I know this is one of the things we converted one, a couple of our semis to LED bulbs, and in the wintertime we have to switch back to halogens uh, for on the low beams. And now Volvo, all the new Volvo semis, uh, the LED housing or headlights are all heated, and as are the, most of the new Freightliners and the, the next generation Kenworths uh, with the uh, arrow headlight pack assemblies will all have built-in heat for the LEDs. Yeah, yeah. You, if you don't heat them, you you'll have buildup, and and I've I've seen regular yeah. cars driving around the buildup. That's why I know they all don't have them. Yep. Yeah, it, 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 and I think it's hit and miss on there. I, I agree because I've got aftermarket LED uh, assemblies for my fog lights, and they're a complete deal from Morimoto. And yeah, in the in the wintertime, they just completely ice yep. over, and I just have to turn them off because they become worthless. I mean, you can go even do do a Google search of what we're talking about and find you know car after car after car of people complaining that they ice up in the wintertime. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, it is an I, issue. I, I, I think the new, I think the new Ram are heated because I know my boss has a new thirty five hundred, and he was commenting about how great they were even in the, uh, you know, in the snowstorm. So yeah, mine, mine, you know, when I'm out plowing snow and stuff, mine, yeah, I don't notice, but I've got a snowblade in front of me, so honestly, I can't tell you because I, I don't know mine. Yeah, you can't see much of anything. No, so, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I did that in the, I did that in the early nineties. Yeah, your headlights become pretty much worthless. Yep. So anyway, no, good, good point, Eric. Thanks as always. I appreciate it very much. Wayne in Castle Rock, you're next. What's going on, Wayne? Hey, how's it going, John? Good, sir. Good. We talked about this before. In my 2000 Ford F350, I bought a set of projector beams, uh, beam headlights uh, from Retro Solutions. And I they install inside the factory uh, housing, but you have to take the housing apart. Okay. Um, but they work beautifully. They're they're bi-xenon, so uh, you have high-end low beam within one projector. And I bought the 55-watt ones, and they are, it's like turning on the sun at night. Huh. And uh, I've never been flashed once in traffic. And so they reach out a long ways, but they have a beautiful cutoff, and they work super. And I've had them in, the, in my truck now for about five years, and I, I, I got to tell you, that's probably the best upgrade I've ever done. Nice. Good. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, yeah. I am in fact I'll So what what's the name of the shop? What's the name of the place again, Wayne? Retro Solutions. Retro Solutions. Okay. 
All right. I will um, I'll put that down. I'm gonna, and as you can tell, I'm going to do a little bit of review work on my own on this. So once I get you know all of this and kind of figure out what you know, I'll probably do a few little different tests on this. I'll, I'll do just the bright lights and let you know, and maybe even take some pictures at night, and then I'll do some of these other things and go through the whole conversion thing and just you know we'll just walk through it and now everybody knows well you'll be impressed if you if you go through the effort of taking the housing apart and putting the projector in there yeah which uh, isn't a big deal i can easily could do that that's not a problem i just put them in the oven heat them up and yeah. separate the lens from the housing and um, <clears throat> then put it all back together and make sure you have a good bit of caulk in so it's sealed up again and right um you know it, once again like i said best upgrade i've ever done for my truck nice yeah well and on that truck they needed it Yes, badly. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, that, that I, whole I, I era was not was kind of going through that transition of we're going to get away from a seal beam, quote unquote. We're going to now move into some sort of a plastic lens, replaceable bulb lamp. And yet we don't have enough power in those lamps to really do it. We, it was it was a, it was a mess. Let's just say that way. You know that. Well, yeah. When I when I bought my truck, the original headlights were fluted lenses. And so I upgraded to a set of 2002 um light bulb assemblies that were uh, the smooth lens and they were used so I buffed them out so they were clear and then I did the retro solutions bulb inside the housing and between the two it made a significant difference nice nice this is great info good deal yeah great info no I'll look it up this is very cool you'll like it I'll do it I I will do it and report back to everybody Wayne I I appreciate everybody else calling in as well if anybody else has any ideas let us know 303-477-5600 Gilbert you're next hey how's it going good sir how are you hey on those lenses you're right Uh, I replaced them in my wife's car but the more the brighter the bulb the less the light so if you buy a real extremely bright one the life expectancy is like half of the medium one right so uh, that's one thing to look at. And they're not cheap. They're 20 bucks a piece. And the problem with my wife's car, it has the lenses, but they're the plastic, of course, the newer cars. And I went out and I saw a video where they took this turbo wax out of the kit for 10 bucks to clean those off. And it was amazing. It took me about 15 minutes to do both lenses. And they're good-sized lenses on that Forerunner. Mm-hmm. And what a difference. They're like brand new. I could not believe it for 10 bucks mm-hmm. and, and 15 minutes of my time. Mm-hmm. Mm. pretty good and that you know if your lenses are dull then you can, yes good point great point yeah great point yep yep you're right that and uh and getting back to the car my again i, I t- spoke to you about this before a 67 cheval malibu yeah with yeah my neighbor kids neighbor kids had a three nine their mom had it but they got to drive a 396 with a four speed wow. malibu. nice car yeah Nice car. Beautiful. I love that car. Yep. You know, they ended up wrecking it, of course. Jeez. But, uh, yeah, it was my dream car. Yeah. There used to be a guy in West Coldwell, Phil Cronkite, and yeah. he sold all those old, uh, mostly m- mostly Dodge, Mopar, and he had them lined up there. He might have had 20 or 25. You know, he had a satellite, then he would have a Challenger, and, and they were, you know, 70, 68, 70, 71, and but, you know, he would just put them on a lot and give them a wash job, and he wouldn't really touch them. Mm. So if you bought one, you'd probably have to sink another, at the time, maybe two, $3,000. Because, you know, suspension, everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he was getting maybe thirty five hundred, four grand for some of those cars. But, again, you'd have to stick around and put a lot of more, put more money into them, of course. But, yeah, he's long gone. That place is gone. And, yep. you know, you just 
see them anymore. That that sell the old hot rods and the Mopars. And but back in the day, yeah, those those were really nice cars. Yeah, the Superbird and the, and the uh, Super B, and they had so many. You know, Mopar was way ahead of the time as far as that goes. But again, you know, they were a Chrysler product, and they had a lot of problems with wiring. And, you know, they would kind of, you know, they wouldn't yep. last but five, eight years, and they were just more or less ready for the junkyard. Or yep. Bill Cronkite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, did you get your Corvette? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had it for a while now. It's out at Rolly's place, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, good Glad car. That. Yeah, I haven't driven it much. I mean, you know, weather and stuff hasn't been great, but yeah, no, it's a great oh, car. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I read a real quick, I read a uh, article in a paper or, or a magazine where this kid bought one. Young guy, 25, he had the Camaro Super Sport. He traded in for the Corvette. Waited nine months to get it. And it was my, like his everyday driver. When he did the report, he had, uh, I think he had 2,000 miles on it at that time. And yeah, he was really impressed. And what he, what I was impressed with, or what I couldn't hardly figure out, was he said the insurance was less on the Corvette than the Camaro. And he goes, which is fine by me, but he goes, yeah, it was quite a difference in price as far as insurance. And I, I, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why either. I, that beats me. I don't know. Mine's pretty much the same as all the rest of my car, so there's really no difference on my end. I'm an old guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you take care. Thank you. You too, Gilbert. Appreciate it very much. Guys, hang tight. We'll come right back. Uh, Sharpie and Don both hang tight. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where a reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by door, NMLS 298-191, equal credit lender. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. 
JC's 4x4 has been Denver's premier Land Rover independent service facility since 2005. With all of today's latest off-road technology, JC's British and 4x4 is a Land Rover specialty shop. Not only do they service, but they will also outfit and restore your vehicle. The dedicated staff and attention to detail make JC's British your one-stop shop for your Land Rover or 4x4 adventures. JC's British and 4x4 is committed to quality and excellence, whether taking your kids to school or hitting the back roads for adventure. No matter what road you own from the newest Discovery and Range Rover to an older Defender or Series truck, we can help you maintain, repair, or modify your vehicle. When you're tired of paying dealer prices and only given limited options, call JC's British and 4x4 to service and customize your Land Rover or 4x4. Call JC's British and 4x4 right now at 720-586-4756. That's 720-586-4756. Or go to jcbritish.com. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Sharpie in Denver, you're up next. Yo. Hello, Hello, Sharpie. Hey, how you guys Good, doing? Good, sir. How Good. are you? Good. I couldn't hear you on my phone yet. I'm getting deaf. That's all right. No worries. <laughs> hey, uh, no, just a little quick story for you. Uh, I heard you guys talking about that little split window 63 a little yes. earlier. And it brought back memories. Uh, not too long ago, I... I had uh, another shop owner call me about doing some some glass work on a 63 split window. Nice. So he, says, he says, come on down, look at the car, see what you think. Uh, uh, it's for another customer of mine. And I says, okay, I'll come down. And so I went down there and uh, walked in Lee's shop, and I he opened up the garage, you know, the shop door, and I my, my chin about fell off my face because I seen the car. It was a black 63 split window wow. and it was wet it was flared so i says i can't believe my, uh, that this is happening my dad did this car in 1973 really <laughs> yeah nice and, uh his name's gary sharp and of course he's still with us uh he's a he's a hot rodder still but uh he uh anyhow the owner says uh I says, I says, obviously, I know you're not the owner because I was 10 years old when this car was in the shop. Mm-hmm. And uh, I says, uh, I says, when did you buy the car? And he says, I just got it about a month ago from an older gentleman. And he's in his early 80s. Well, no, he was in his uh, early 70s, sorry, early 70s. But he wanted to sell it out. He didn't, wasn't able to drive it no more. So... But anyhow, uh, I told Rick, which was the owner, I says, you know what? I says, yeah, this you should have a receipt. If you got all the papers on it, it'll say Craftsman's Auto Body, uh, uh, 65th and Federal, and uh, it'll be by Sims Tire right in that same plaza. And Gary Sharp will be the shop owner if you have the paperwork. And he goes, I tell you what, he says, he goes, if if that's the truth, I'm going to look in it into the file because he gave me a ton of paperwork and he says if 
if that's true, I'm going to call you back and you can have the job, you know. Hmm. And he called me Tuesday. That was on a Friday. He called me Tuesday. He goes, come and get the car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. So so I, I called my dad, and he came down, and I didn't even tell him. I said, come on by the shop. I just want, want you to see something, see if you recognize anything here. But my dad come down there, and I think he about started to cry. But uh, it that car was black lacquer, Duracryl. Wow. And um, it only had, after all the flaring that he did on it, uh, it only had three cracks in the body at all. Really? Wow. I I was That's like, amazing. I, I took, yeah, I documented all the pictures of it and everything, and I just, you know, I had to give him a big hug because I remember him doing a lot of work flaring that car. Uh, he even took the gel coat down. He was a he was really a fiberglass guru. Nobody wanted to do fiberglass back then. Right. And of course, not a lot of people knew how. But yeah, I just thought I'd throw that story at you. So that's was, that's uh, really a good story. That's excellent. That's uh, wow. it always stick with me. That's for sure. That's awesome. So that's we, a great story. So we we ended up painting it. Uh, we painted it uh, tuxedo black pearl. Uh, blocked it down. Painted it tuxedo black pearl with a red. Uh, with a victory red stripe going through the center to the point to the nose, hmm. wow. all all under six coats of clear. Nice, and buff. nice. Wow. And it and it went to Mississippi, and I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> That's really cool, Sharpie. That's great. Well, thanks for hearing me out. No, I great story. No, I enjoy that. That's a great story. I enjoy your show, so I listen to it every Saturday. Well, thanks, man. Good. I appreciate it. No, thank yeah. you very much for doing that. I appreciate it. Great story, by the way. That's a, that's just fabulous. Great, awesome. Well, thank thank you guys, and have a good day. Okay? You bet. You do the same, man. I appreciate that. That was a great story. So so thanks for sharing. Uh, Don and Frederick, you're next, sir. Yeah, thanks, John, for taking my call. Sure. I'm a, I'm a faithful listener. Well, thank <laughs> my you. My question is, I've got a 2015 Ram Dodge pickup, um, 1500, four-wheel drive, and uh, they are telling me that the transmission oil and filter is a lifetime filter, and I have a little bit of problems. Yeah, it, believe they, they'll tell you that, but it's not. It's not. I pull my camper occasionally in the summer here and there, but not a lot. Um, so they're telling me you got to replace the whole oil pan, which is somewhere around $400, and the oil is like $35 a quart. What is your opinion on this, sir? Which which transmission has it got in it? The ASIN? It, it's got the eight speed, eight speed transmission. That's about all I know about that. Okay, it's got to be the ASIN. Um, um, no, I believe it might be a ZF. Uh, could be. It, I get, it, it could be the yeah, ZF. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, well, it is. It's got a ZF. Yes, sir. With ZF, it, it that wouldn't surprise me that the pan's that that pricey on it. Uh, if I, God, if I remember right, I think that thing's plastic, and that's why yes. they replace it. It's pretty hefty plastic, but yes, I believe you're right. Yeah, it's it's really super thick, and I think the reason you got to replace it. And you might not have to, but if I remember right, the bead is actually, there's a, like a rubber bead that's actually part of the pan rim on that. Okay. Okay. 
And the other thing is, is that <clears throat> normally ZFs, they run a standpipe type of a, a, a fill. So it's is really hard. No, yeah, there's no dipstick on this whatsoever. Yeah, and there's a standpipe, so it takes special... Uh, it takes a special deal to get get it so that you can fill it with fluid. Yeah, and that's where the oh. that's where the issue comes in. But if you can find somebody that can do a fluid exchange on that, um, that might be the way to go on that. Yeah, it's got about fifty three thousand miles on it. Yeah, and I think yeah. most of those are saying, you know, service those around 70 or so. I'll ask Jeff to be sure on that, but I'm going to say 70 to 75,000 is yeah. typically on the ZF. Where it's not lifetime, despite what the dealer may well, tell you. The problem is, is you've got electronic components in there. Right. And yes, sir. once you get that stuff, transmissions make metal. Sorry, they just do. So the cleaner you keep that fluid, the longer it's going to last. So I, I mean, I would, even though it costs a ton to do it, I would probably at least exchange that fluid out every thirty thousand. Oh, without the pan and filter. Yeah, yeah. If, if you do it, if you if you keep if, the fluid fresh enough, you don't have to do that. Yeah, if you can keep that fluid fresh, okay, and get as much of the junk out of there that you can, uh, you'd be better off doing it that way. It'd be best to replace the filter, but... And it is a pan kit. I, I looked it up. They, they are correct on that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's wow. it's, ju it's just one of those things that... Welcome to the new age. Right. Um, so it's probably not something to do it yourself or with no, tackle? No, I wouldn't. And, nope. and especially because you can't do the fluid flush yourself anyways. Yeah. Okay. Or the exchange, Anybody I should say. up here in the north part of town? Uh, let's see. Up up north, your closest is going to be Josh up in Boulder and Legacy on the east part yeah. of Boulder. He can do that, though. He'd be happy to. All righty. All right, thank sir. Thank you very much. Don, thank you very much. Yeah, Legacy Automotive up in Boulder. They can help you out. Russ and Cheyenne, what's going on? Hey, I'm sorry for calling No, in you're again. fine. Go right ahead. You're fine. So I did an HID on conversion on my truck. Okay. My 04. Um... I got lucky, you know, the Denali's all have HID headlights in them. Right. So I was able just to pull a, uh, a unit out of a junkyard. Nice. For like 60 bucks. Nice. And then I bought a, uh, I needed new headlamps anyway, so I just bought, when I bought new replacement headlamps, I got the HID ones. And other than just a little bit of wiring, it was, that was an easy conversion. That was the best thing I ever did. Nice. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Yeah, unfortunately Dodge on my Dodge, I don't have that option. Wish I did. That I know. Yep. Yeah, they weren't quite mine, as advanced as some of the other ones were at that time. Okay, because mine's basically all factory components, so it worked out really well. That'd be well. really nice, actually. Yeah. If you could retrofit, yeah, that'd be great. problem with that truck, even on mine, is it's even the one that's got the goofy little uh, wave at the bottom of the headlamp because they put the little oh, wave yeah. in the bumper, so it's even unique that way. You can't even go yeah. take a later model one and retrofit because of what I just said. Yeah, it's got the little nipple hanging Yeah, down. exactly, which <laughs> might look cool, but it stinks for what we're talking about. Yeah, well, that, that does stink. 
Anyways. So I wasn't sure if they made a, a something like that where you could retrofit an HID bulb into it. Well, I'm going to do a bunch of looking, and I whatever I find, the, uh, I'll let everybody know, because I know there's a ton of those trucks still running around. Yeah, I tried a uh, LED conversion, and one LED burned out within a month. They're junk. Yep, most of them. And they were, they were just crap. Yeah, they're, most of them are junk. And I, and I even spent decent money on these, lights. and I'm going to pull them out and send them back because they just don't work. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Flashlights would have been better than those. Yep, those you got that right. Got. <laughs> yep. So, okay, guys. All right, Russ, good stuff, man. I appreciate it. Let's see if we can get one more in here before we take our break. Jim and Castle Rock, you're next. Hey, John, I got a, a 2007 Lexus ES350. It's only got 65,000 miles on it. Okay. Um, had it in the shop the other day for an oil change, and they said that the timing chain cover was leaking on a scale of five or one to ten, it was about a five. It said not suggesting you do it right now, but uh, let's keep a close eye on it. There's no drips underneath uh, my car at all, and they said they have to pull that entire engine out to replace that timing chain cover. Uh, it's about a twenty-five hundred dollar job. Any uh, any opinion on that one way or the other? They're probably right on the cost. Can you see anything leaking at the front of the engine? That's where it's at, is the front of the engine. Can you see anything leaking? I can't, but, uh, you know, there's all kinds of covers and stuff over it. I haven't taken off to look real close. Well, and, and all, all you really need to do is just get a flashlight, look down inside the front of the engine, you know, where the pulleys and such are, and just see if you sure. see any oil leaking down. And you may even, you know, crawl underneath it and look up to see if you see any oil coming down. If, if you don't have anything actually, you know, dripping if you don't have something drip, else, I wouldn't worry about it. I'd keep driving it. Yep. Great. Well, thank you very much. Love your show. Thank you, sir. Okay. And just keep watching it. We don't want a big leak that causes a problem, but you'll, you'll know if that happens. So just keep watching that. Wayne, hang tight. We'll come right back to you. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. 
PG. John Rush personally uses Novus Auto Glass to maintain his fleet of company trucks. All of his trucks tend to be in the same place at the same time on Friday mornings. So every Friday morning without fail, John's local Novus guy comes by to check all of the windshields on his company fleet. That's at least 50 different windshields. On the spot, any new little chip or crack gets immediately repaired. Since John self-insures his glass repair and replacement, Novus offers him a discounted cash price. Even more importantly, John saves a lot of money in the long run by repairing those chips and cracks immediately instead of waiting to replace all of those windshields down the road. He'd much rather pay $40 or $50 per vehicle for regular repairs than pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars to replace each of those windshields. Take care of your company vehicles. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and schedule regular maintenance for your fleet. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. All right, Drive Radio KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Wayne in Nebraska. What's going on, Wayne? Uh, nice, real nice here. Yeah. Good, good. Good to hear. Yeah, glad to get on. Uh, my first car was like six, about 65, uh, near 65, and I was 17 years old. I never seen it because my dad bought it for me. Huh. Turned out to be a, Turned out to be a two-door coupe Ford. Victoria. Oh, nice. Wow. Black Great. on the outside, black on the inside. Nice. Real nice well, car. Yeah. Well, uh, a couple of years before that, my brother had a flathead. All bored out and everything, racing yeah. and everything. And that's what that car came with. I'm sure Dad bought it for that reason. Yeah. And uh, we put that engine in it, and I had a nice trophy car. Because it, it would, it would, it, you know, it would run through the quarter real nice. Even sure. though it had a th- three-speed in it. Yeah, but it was a real nice car, and I, a couple of years later, I repainted it uh, iridescent. Call, they call it iridescent plume. It's a reddish color. Real nice car. I put new uh, chrome parts on it, customized it, and then I lost it when I went to the Navy. Come back and it was gone. Oh no! One of my brothers got it. Oh no! So, but I always wanted uh, 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 in 1970 after. 71, I think it was, I got out of the Navy. I always wanted one of those uh, Mustang uh, fastbacks. I couldn't find one here in this area. I ended up with a Camaro, 67. Sure. That was a real nice car for quite a few years. So... Nice. That's the story uh, of nice. my car life. Great story. Yep. No, Wayne, appreciate that. Good story. Appreciate that very much. Mike and Aurora, you got a comment on that last Lexus call. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I got a 2008, so I can kind of relate. I read on complaint forums about that leaking uh, valve cover and uh, melting dashes, which I can almost relate to because uh, the thing puts out an insane amount of defrost heat. Um, but my bigger, bigger question is, um, do you think manufacturers have too much leeway in, uh, when they decide to issue recalls? Uh, well, typically the, uh, you know, the National Traffic Highway Safety Board tells them if, you know, if they basically see, hey, you know, we, we've got some issues here, you guys need to do the recall. They're, they're typically the ones that make that call. Sometimes the manufacturer will do it on its own, but not very often. My impression was manufacturers can bulk 
they can it, they can and they fight you know there there will be times they fight those yes because it's expensive for them to do a recall so yeah they will yeah and uh, a lot of times uh, if it's big enough uh, consumers can uh, do and have to mount a class action uh, lawsuits mass. things like that yeah that's where yeah. those come from no you're exactly right yeah no you're right they they will fight those if they if they possibly can they will definitely mm-hmm Okay, well, I just thought I'd offer that up. No, you're right. No, right. no, and great point. And, and uh, yeah, so for everybody listening, the way those recalls work is they will start getting feedback on certain things. Usually they're accidents. That's typically what generates a recall. Uh, sometimes a manufacturer will be forthright, and they know there's a problem there, and they knew that there was a fastener that didn't get installed correctly or something along those lines. So to avoid any type of problems, they just go ahead and do the recall on their own, and off they go. And that happens. So I'm not saying that all manufacturers, you know, are, are bad by any means. I'm not saying that. No, these guys have stockholders are looking at the bottom line and so on. And if they've got a known problem, they'll typically step up and take care of it. But there's other times where they'll say, wait, this is driver error or this is that or it's, you know, whatever the case may be. And they will do everything possible not to do the recall and they'll fight it. And that's what they do. That's how, how it works. So Scott Wally joining us now. Sportsman Colorado is coming up next. What is on today? Hey, John, we've got Austin Parr with us again. Austin is giving us a fishing report each week. And, nice. And uh, Kevin Flesh, uh, we had to pre-record a little bit because Kevin was tied up today. But uh, uh, Kevin and Austin are the They're big fishing, fishing guys, guys, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'll say, raise him up. I'll shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm more of the hunter. But, uh, so uh, we get Kevin and uh, Austin get into a lot of techniques and all. And one thing that came up during the um, interview was Kevin says, you know, have you ever seen guys in the boats? They're coming over near the bank fishing the guys on the banks trying they to want to be in the middle of the cast, water cast 100 yards right. to get out there where they, they can't get and that was kind of ironic they well the funny you know and know enough about fishing uh, you know fished a lot back when i was younger my you know dad and brother we fished a ton and yeah that's exactly the way it was you know the boats would always come near the shore and yeah you know we'd always be trying to get out to the middle and you always thought the fish were in the middle but <laughs> yeah the and fish, austin and them were saying boy you can catch a lot of fish near the bank yeah. the fish the fish go where they can find food and hide yeah Let's face it. That's, yeah. I mean, they're not dumb. That's what they do. <laughs> know, yeah. So, yeah, it's exactly how it is. And then Trevin Stolf is a good friend of both of us. Hey, great uh, guy. Kevin's got Outback Outdoors um, on the Sportsman's Channel. He's also got Inspired Wild Podcast. And we're going to talk a lot, a lot of things, but just really the outdoor industry in a whole. You know, I was just kind of looking up some things a little while ago, and um, they said there was, um, let's see, 5 million new gun owners January wow. through July wow. last year, all right, which joined the 100 million already. Wow. Of yeah. gun owners. Wow. January through October last year, 17 million guns were sold. Wow. Oh. So, you know, my question is, is how's the ammo situation ever going to get? You know, because it's tight. You know, it's, um, I was in our arch- archery shop, No Limits Archery, you know, and some of the manufacturers 16 weeks out to get a boat. Yeah. You can't get a boat right now because of different foam, different things to, right. to make yep. different parts, all the different things. Right. So, you know, as a whole, uh, boy, this has really had a huge effect on outfitters. You know, of course, borders are closed in Canada and different places where, you know, people can't go and mm-hmm. travel to. So mm-hmm. it, it's been a, a big deal. So we're just going to talk about a lot of things with Trevin. He's nice. a great guy. Nice. Yeah. No, that'll be great. Yeah. No, it'll be fun. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Dave and Thornton is up next. Dave, you got about a minute and a half. Go ahead, sir. Hey, I was uh, um, talking about the first car. My first car technically was my. Um, 69 Camaro that I bought with my own money. Nice. But Good job. My uh, my technical first car was one that was passed down from my mom and two older sisters. It was a 74 Gremlin, baby blue. 
The oh second gremlin. It looked cool. Okay. Yeah, it tried to look cool going cruising, and that was almost impossible. But it was impossible, actually. But <laughs> um, uh, carburetor question. I wanted to put a, uh, an LS engine in my Camaro, but you know, it just seems a little prohibitively expensive right now, and beyond a little of my own skill set. But I was looking at some of those uh, self-learning carburetors, but. I haven't read a whole lot good on those. Is there one that you can recommend? A self-learning you know I mean? carburetor. I've never yeah, heard of such a thing. That, 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 that transitions over from, or it, it'll transition your carbureted engine to like a uh, throttle body, let's say. It, 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 one made by, like, there's one made by Fast. I think Holly makes one. It's, it's got a computer chip in it. It's just supposedly, yeah. quote-unquote, is a plug-and-play type of thing where you just bolt it on, and then turn it on, drive it around, and it learns. Uh, it, it programs itself based on how you. Drive. So basically, it's a self-learning EFI or like a throttle body injection is really what it is. It's not. A, I'm, yeah. It can't be a carburetor. It's, yeah. a, it's a self-learning. You know, throttle body is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know much about those, but I'm guessing that if they're with the technology we now have, I I'm not surprised that they can't program to do some self learning based upon certain inputs, map readings, things like that. They should be able to actually do that now. So that's not a surprise, Dave. I would think no. that would actually be a pretty good pretty good way of doing it. All right, um, I haven't heard a whole lot or read a whole lot, but you know how online forums are. Is there one that you would recommend or? I, you know, that's kind of like this headlight thing we're going through. I'd have to go through and just do some studying and kind of figure out what the best way to do it. I mean, there's there's Fitech, there's MSD, there's Holly. Uh, I, I'm guessing there's probably even more than that that's out there, but I would have to look at each one, break it down, and determine how how are they doing the self learning. I guess is how I'd have to look at it. What's their programming? How does okay. it work? And so on. All right. All right. And I don't know, you know, at the end of the day, because I'm looking at the prices of those, they're a little less money than what you would probably go out and buy, like a Howell fuel injection kit that's a pre-programmed unit. Uh, I would have to look and see what the reliability factor is like doing it that versus the Howell. The one thing the Howell units have, and i got to run to the end of the show here, Dave, but the one thing the Howell units have, reliability, they work, they've been around forever, and I've used them. I can vouch for them. These I'll have to do some research on. Okay. Okay. And that's how like a how H O W E L L. Okay. How right. fuel injection? They, they they build good stuff, and it's all GM type componentry, and it works really well. So with that, we're going to get out of here. Sportsman of Colorado is coming up next. Jeff Kitty, thanks as always. Larry Unger answering yep. phones, of course. Charlie Grimes, your engineer. We'll be out here though. Back on Monday. Rush to reason. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive radiocom Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.